he parted from his congregation. A few months later, 1833, he went to Europe for a short year of travel. While abroad, he visited Walter Savage Landor, Coleridge and Wordsworth, and Thomas Carlyle. This visit to Carlyle was to both men a most interesting experience. They parted feeling that they had much intellectually in common. This belief fostered a sympathy which, by the time they had discovered how different they really were, had grown so strong a habit that they always kept up their intimacy. This year of travel opened Emerson's eyes to many things of which he had previously been ignorant. He had profited by detachment from the concerns of a limited community and an isolated church. After his return, he began to find his true field of activity in the lecture hall and delivered a number of addresses in Boston and its vicinity. While thus coming before the open public on the lecture platform, he was all the time preparing the treatise which was to embody all the quintessential elements of his philosophical doctrine. This was the essay Nature, which was published in 1836. By its conception of external nature as an incarnation of the divine mind, it struck the fundamental principle of Emerson's religious belief. The essay had a very small circulation at first, though later it became widely known. In the winter of 1836, Emerson followed up his discourse on nature by a course of twelve lectures on the philosophy of history, a considerable portion of which eventually became embodied in his essays. The next year, 1837, was the year of the delivery of the Man Thinking or the American Scholar Address before the Phi Beta Kappa Society at Cambridge. This society, composed of the first 25 men in each class graduating from college, has annual meetings which have called forth the best efforts of many distinguished scholars and thinkers. Emerson's address was listened to with the most profound interest. It was declared a sort of intellectual independence for America. Henceforth, we were to be emancipated from clogging foreign influences, and a national literature was to expand under the fostering care of the Republic. These two discourses, Nature and the American Scholar, strike the keynote of Emerson's philosophical, poetical, and moral teachings. In fact, he had, as every great teacher has, only a limited number of principles and theories to teach. These principles of life can all be enumerated in 20 words. Self-reliance, culture, intellectual and moral independence, the divinity of nature and man, the necessity of labor, and high ideals. Emerson spent the latter part of his life in lecturing and in literary work. His son, Dr. Edward Emerson, gave an interesting account of how these lectures were constructed. All through his life he kept a journal. This book, he said, was his savings bank. The thoughts thus received and garnered in his journals were indexed, and a great many of them appeared in his published works. They were religiously set down just as they came, in no order except chronological, but later they were grouped, enlarged or pruned, illustrated, worked into a lecture or discourse, and after having in this capacity undergone repeated testing and rearranging, were finally carefully sifted and more rigidly pruned, and were printed as essays. Besides his essays and lectures, 
Emerson left some poetry in which is embodied those thoughts which were to him too deep for prose expression. Oliver Wendell Holmes, in speaking of this, says, Emerson wrote occasionally in verse from his school days until he had reached the age which used to be known as the Grand Climacteric, 63. His poems are not, and hardly can, become popular. They are not meant to be liked by the many, but to be dearly loved and cherished by the few. His occasional lawlessness and technical construction, his somewhat fantastic expressions, his enigmatic obscurities hardly detract from the pleasant surprise his verses so often bring with them. The poetic license which we allow in the verse of Emerson is more than excused by the noble spirit which makes us forget its occasional blemishes, sometimes to be pleased with them as characteristic of the writer. Emerson was always a striking figure in the intellectual...